Well, let's get ready to roll today. We're in this series called The Path, The Path. And every one of us in this room today, God has destined us for a journey. We love to laugh around here and we think church should be fun. And I promise you come back next week and we'll be in blue jeans and more relaxed, I promise, all right? But we love to have fun around here and we like to look at church signs. And I saw a church sign that said this on Easter Sunday. It said, happy Easter to our Christian friends, happy Passover to our Jewish friends, and to our atheist friends, good luck. Uh, I thought it was cool, all right. But as we look at this path, I want us to look at four things because in our journey of life, no matter who we are, no matter what our age is today, and I wanna talk to young people as well as good old seniors like me today, that when God created us, he created every one of us with a destiny and a purpose in life. And how many's found out that life has a way of bringing hiccups and hurdles and, and obstacles to try to distract us and detour us from God's purpose in our life? But there's four experiences that God wants every one of us to have with him. And I'm gonna go through them very quickly and get right into the meat of the message. Number one, and these are the four things that we build everything we do at Transformation Around, is number one, God wants you to know him. That he wants you to have a personal relationship with him. God wants you somewhere in your life to just stop for a moment and realize that you're spiritually empty. Because how many knows within every one of us there is a spirit realm that God created that only he can satisfy? And that's why people go looking in so many other places trying to find that satisfaction for that war that's going on inside their life that you'll never find in drugs, alcohol, sex, or anything else. You're only gonna find that satisfaction in a person named Jesus that is resurrected and very much alive today. And he just wants you to know him. He's not that interested in your church attendance or how much you put in the offering. Those things come later. But the first thing God wants to do is he wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants you to know him personally. And knowing Jesus is far more than religion. It's far more than just going to church. He wants to change your life. He wants to come and bring an experience with you that will change the current condition that you're in. And today I want to talk about the path of change. The path of change, that Jesus allows us the hope of change. Then once that you know him, he then wants you to step into this place of beginning to find freedom in your life. That, that when you know him as your savior and you look to him and you get to know him personally, he then wants to take you out of the world and those things that were destroying you and now he wants to help you get those things out of you. And how many besides me still got some stuff going on that you're still working with? And, and we're a church of grace. We're a church of truth, but we're a church of grace. That the Bible said, let every man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. And, and, and we're not gonna come here and point fingers at you because we, we've got stuff we're dealing with ourselves, including the guy up here talking with you today, that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But thank God, through salvation and knowing God, he takes us on a journey that not only does he get us out of that stuff, he starts taking that stuff out of us. And we begin to find freedom in our life. Freedom from what? Freedom from hurts. Those abusing, abuses and, and offenses of betrayal, the deep wounds in our life that were caused by other people, we really didn't have anything to do with them. They were insults. They were attacks upon us by others. He wants to free you from those hurts this morning. He wants to free us from hindrances, our personal failures, bad choices, guilt, things that we brought on ourselves. God wants to free us from today. He, he doesn't want you carrying that shame and that guilt from decisions that maybe you've made in your own life. He wants to free us from harassment. 
the habits, the addictions, the insecurities, the uncontrolled anger, the depression, things that control us and cause us to make more bad decisions, things that we hate in our life, but yet they're an active part of our daily routine, that God wants to come today and bring freedom in your life. And how many is thankful today that he's not a God that can just save us from hell. He's a God that can free us from the struggles of our daily life that's making us live in hell every day. He wants to free you Bring freedom in your life. Number three, once you know God, and then you begin to experience the freedom that God wants to bring in your life. He wants to help you discover your purpose. He wants to bring you into a place to realize that he wants to take you back. Do you know that when God created every one of us in this room today, that the Bible said that we were fearfully and wonderfully made in the womb of our mother and God had a destiny and a plan for your life. He had greatness ordained for you. And then all of a sudden the enemy came and, and there were offenses and there were abuse and there was neglect and there was hurt and there was failure and there was all these experiences in our life that caused us to feel like God wouldn't want us, that God had no intent to do anything in our life, that we were just gonna be on our own the rest of our life. But God said, no, no, no. Once you know me, I wanna start taking you on a journey of freedom. And once you start experiencing that freedom, I wanna take you back and redeem you. I wanna bring you back to my original purpose that I had for you in the womb of your mother we're going to bypass all of your hurt, all your pain, all your failure, all your offenses, all of that stuff. We're going to bypass, and I'm going to bring you back to my original plan and purpose in your life. Come on, somebody. How many glad God doesn't have plan B and C? He sticks with plan A for your life. And once you experience that God loves you and God's got great things for you, he wants you, number four, to begin to go make a difference in the lives of your friends that felt just like you did, that there was no hope for change. But once you experience that change, you want to go tell everybody else about it. And so I want to take you on an understanding of what does this, this change look like, the path of change. The word change means to make radically different. And last night we had our dream team here and we were acknowledging people that, that are now on our dream team, but a year ago were agnostic and atheist, and they didn't even believe in God, and they were addicted to drugs, and they were addicted to this, and this was controlling their life. But over the past year, Jesus came, and he changed their life. He set them free, just like he did mine. And today, they're not out there dependent on the world to bring a false satisfaction, but they found true satisfaction in a person called Jesus. Not only are they saved, but they've gone through our discipleship ministry, and they're in the word of God, and he's totally changed their life, that they're serving you today so that you could hear the gospel of Jesus. The power of the cross. He brings change. And then he brings transformation. And that's when we changed the name of this church several years ago to Transformation Church because transformation means an immediate change of appearance, form, and character. Just stay with me. That's why we have teams, all right? The, the, a change of a immediate change of appearance, form, and character. And God wants to bring that transformation in your life. He wants to change you and, and make you complete and whole and bring a total transformation in your life. How many is glad that God doesn't just have the power to save you, he has the power to change you and to transform your life and make something beautiful out of what used to be a mess? And he has the power to do that. So in this journey, God wants to promise us a, a change in our life. Here it is, number one, the promise of change. Because you see, some here today are filled with purpose and destiny, but yet many are simply stalled. Just simply stalled. We're at a stalemate. 
We don't see a hope of change. There's, there's no reason. There's no happiness. There's no, no true focus of our journey. It's like we've learned to cope rather than survive. And God wants to come and, and bring a promise of change in your life today. You're existing, but you're not living. But salvation is the religious word of knowing God. And, and when we say knowing God, the, the church term or the religious term is salvation. And salvation is this thing of being separated, that God wants to separate you from where you used to be and bring you into a brand new place in him. It's not that you're all of a sudden supposed to live or have the ability to live this perfect life that religion in the church has made you feel like, and that's why many have nothing to do with the church today as they see a lot of people telling them to be perfect that's not perfect themselves. And so I want to go ahead and make it clear today, you've got a non-perfect, imperfect, whatever the right word is, pastor up here telling you that none of us are perfect in ourselves, but in Christ, old things can pass away and all things can become brand new in him, amen? And God wants to just tell you, I just want, to, I just want you to give me the opportunity to bring change in your life. That's all God wants from you today. He, he, he's not looking for you to become perfect. What Christ is wanting in you today is for you to find a position in him. He's not looking to put a report card on you. He just wants you to try him and know that he's a good God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he... May, for he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. The Christ is not looking for you to be perfect and sinless or me to be perfect and sinless. He's saying, I just want you to come to me because he that knew no sin became sin on the cross so that you and I today could be free from sin. And when we become saved or we become in this position that we know God is our personal Lord and Savior, when God the Father looks down on us from heaven, he doesn't look at our sin. He looks at the righteousness of his son that dwells inside of us now. Come on, how many's glad you don't have to live perfect? We should strive to, but how many's glad on your bad day, Jesus loves you just as much as he does on your good day? Come on, somebody. And now we have the DNA of his bloodline. We're set apart. When I accept Jesus, and I pray many of you do that today, when you accept Christ in your heart today, you're not joining Transformation Church. We'd love to have you back. But before that, we want you to know God and know that God loves you. And whenever you make that decision today, he wants to bring change in your life. Number two, the position of change. You see, as a Christian, the closer I get to Jesus, the less I want to do things that hurt or offend him. However, many have been taught that you must become good enough, clean enough, perfect enough to earn God's favor and blessing in your life. And I just want to tell you today, that's not true. How many's glad God's favor on your life is not judged by your report card? <laughs> the rest of you have a lying issue. Yes, you do. <laughs> But God, he, he loves us. He wants us to live right. He strives. He wants us to do. I'm not up here today condoning failure. I just want you to know today I live in a real world and I serve a real God and we're fighting real battles and he just wants to help you through life and he wants you to put your faith in him and he's not looking for you to be perfect. He just wants you to have a heart that's perfect toward him. He wants to bring a position of change in your life. In Hebrews, the apostle Paul said, 
And by that, we all have been made holy. What? Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once and for all. We're not made holy by us being good enough. We're made holy by the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross through his body. Even when my kids did crazy things, anybody else parents' kids do some crazy things? I mean, mine did everything I said they would never do. Come on, parents, help me in here feel better. All right, right? Hello in the balcony. Anybody understand what I'm saying? I got some parents going, yes, all right. Hello up there. And, 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 but here's the thing. When they messed up, they were still Livingston's. Their last name didn't change. I never sat down with my kids and go, look, when you start doing those things, you gotta change your last name, bro, you can't. No, they were still Livingston's. And the fact is, I never told them that if they did certain things in their life and their life got out of control that they had to change the last name, they had my DNA. They had a position. They had a position to change in their life. And today, all four of my children are serving in this church today. They all made mistakes. They all made horrible decisions in their life. They made some bad choices in their life. But the grace of Jesus, combined with the truth of God's word, has brought all of my children into the fold of the kingdom of God. And they're all serving in this service today with passion and energy. And I want to tell you today, your life can take a wrong journey. Your life can go left or it can go right. But the love of God never changes for you. He has a purpose. He has a destiny for your life. He never shifts to plan B or C. He has one plan for your life, and he had it before he ever forms you in the womb of your mother and he doesn't change his mind and all I have to do is call upon him and ask him to be the savior of my heart and he's going to connect me back to that purpose and destiny and he's going to bring that change that I so desperately need and seek in my life today he does and he will for you Jesus did it like this he said, he that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God at that moment that Jesus hung on the cross and mine and your sins were placed upon him. The Bible said his heart erupted in his chest cavity and he died of a broken heart. But before that, he looked up into the heavens and he looked at his father and he said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Because God the father had to turn his back on his own son because he could not look upon him because now he looked like us. He looked like sin. And here's what I want you to see in that today. God turned his back on his own son Jesus as he became sin so he would never have to turn his back on us because of our sin. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, and last of all here, there's the purpose of change. Why? Why change? Why, why, why the change? God desires to create a new you on the inside. See, many in this room today are wore out and tired because you're trying to change you from the outside in. And that change can only come from the inside out. You, you can't change you by changing habits. You change you by changing your spirit. You can't do that. I can't do that. Only Jesus can do that. But he wants to come and bring a purpose of that change and an understanding. The reason is that most of us never feel good enough to come to Jesus. We feel that we're unqualified and that we cannot approach him. But Paul says in Romans, therefore, there is now no, come on, say it with me, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life 
has set you free from the law of sin and death. Come on, somebody. How many is thankful that Jesus paid the price for you and I and that there's purpose in our change today? And every Easter, we share a true story of one of the families in our church and, and how the power of the gospel has transformed and changed their life. Watch this video with me. I started coming to church before he came back from being on for eight months, and I got really involved here. And I started going to life group, and it turned out there was two other girls that had the same problem. Husbands weren't going to church, or they weren't saved, or didn't believe. They were kind of in the same boat. My husband not being saved is like, it's a struggle. Especially being, um, trying to raise two kids Christian, he's like, somehow I try to get my husband to go to church. And this is actually the right church for me because my husband is the unchurched and I'm trying to get him to come. <laughs> yeah. Soon, right? Soon. Let's hope. He was difficult. He drank a lot. He swore a lot. Um, I, I, didn't, I was always angry, always angry. And the littlest things would just set me off. Um, at me, at my kids. <laughs> and he wasn't a great role model. He was really hard on them, going behind my back all the time, talking to other girls and doing all that stuff. It wasn't a great role model for my kids. Like, I was afraid that they were going to turn out to be like him. I was going on like a really dark path. Um, I lived with, you know, depression and anger, hypervigilance, anxiety, bad anxiety. And uh, I didn't know how to cope with those. And then plus the emptiness, I filled that with, you know, drinking and I've dabbled a little bit of drugs and infidelity. And, and it's just, it's, it was, I was living in a spiral life. He cheated a lot, a lot. And he was gone a lot out of town, always out for work. And without him being saved, it was, it was difficult just to live life with him. Before I was saved, life was just empty. Some of my issues just came, came some of them came from the military. Uh, a lot of it comes from uh, being younger, my childhood. I come, a lot of people don't know, but I, I came from a kind of a rough childhood. A lot of things happened mental abuse to psychological. I, I had some pretty, pretty messed up family. And uh, I think that, I think that really messed me up for a long time. I was going to church in like probably 2010 and I started writing scriptures down that I was just praying over him and things that I would want him to read and I would write them on paper and I would put them, <laughs> I would hide them. <laughs> I'd find notes in my wallet, hidden in my wallet, like little crevices. I'd hide them in the pillows. I'd hide them between the mattress. I would stick them in his truck. I've still got a few in my truck. Uh, I'd put them in his bags when he would go out of town. I'd wake up and I'd catch her praying for me while I'm sleeping. Uh, just tons of papers with scriptures I would do pages of prayers I've been praying, and I would just keep them near him. Blaming her for everything and just being angry all the time, kind of, I, 
I just set her off to the side a lot. I didn't, I didn't pay any mind to how she felt about things. I didn't really take into her opinion. I just kind of blew her off when I wasn't angry. You know, I didn't, I didn't cherish her and honor her like I should have. I had woken up early and he was laying on the couch. I can't remember even how I got on, how we got on the subject of the girl from Texas that he was seeing. But I, he had finally like told me everything. I had to make a decision at that point, like am I gonna stay here and freak out at him like I do every time or am I gonna give him the option to figure out what he's doing? Like just telling him that he needed to find accountability and that he couldn't do this on his own no matter how much he would try and change or not talk to these girls that this is a temptation that he was struggling with and that the only way he could do it is through Christ and that these moments that keep coming up, these times are opportunities that God has given him to reach out to him and to change his life. So I told him that he needed to get a cavalry. I'm like, Brad is a great person. Get with Brad. <laughs> Kyle had hit me up on a Monday and it was funny because I usually don't have my phone on on Mondays and he just hits me up. He's like, hey man, uh, can I talk to you? And I thought it was odd because we don't, never really interacted before. I tried to interact with him a few times, uh, not preach the gospel, not do anything crazy, just like, hey man, um, you know, what are you interested in? I knew he was a Marine, so I, I tried to reach out to him, like, hey man, you like to shoot guns? You know, I got some, we can go sometime. And we got nothing back, like he was not having it. And then at some point, Pastor reached out to him uh, and wanted to start taking him fishing. Pastor. <laughs> He messaged me on Facebook, you know. First thing he says, I'm not here to preach with you. I just want to be your friend. <laughs> it's like it's like coming up with your hands up. He just messaged me on Facebook, asked if I wanted to, you know, get together for coffee or if I liked fish, which I'm pretty sure he Facebook stalked me and saw that I did. So um, we hung out, had breakfast, and uh, so we, we went fishing a f quite a few times before that for like six months. Sometime after that, though, uh, is when, you know, Kyle reached out to me. He said, hey, man, I just want to talk to you. Um, and I said, yeah, man, I'll be in the office tomorrow. Uh, come by. So he comes in the office. He sits down. Uh, and before we really can start talking about anything, uh, he's just crying. And I said, what's going on, man? Like, and he said, I just need something to change. Like, I'm, I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good father. And I feel like um, I'm missing something. I feel like something's missing. And uh, I said, something is missing, bro. That big empty hole in your chest, that, that emptiness in your life that you keep trying to fill with other things, but you can't. Um, I said, that's a space that was made by God uh, just for Christ. And until you turn over your life to Him, and until you put your faith in Him, your trust in Him, uh, until you're saved, you're never going to fill it. And I said, um, it's easy, man, it, it, it's simple. Um, and, and I walked him through the gospel and I just explained to him that Jesus loved him so much that he gave his life for him and that all Kyle had to do was put his faith in Christ uh, and that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for his sins. Um, and through the snot and the tears, um, you know, I actually put him in a very uncomfortable position. It was so funny because I made him pray himself. Like I, I, I didn't give him what to pray. 
I didn't say repeat after me. I didn't do any of that. Uh, it wasn't that he was angry. He was just super uncomfortable. And um, But he did. He prayed. And after more crying and more crying and more crying, um, I just hugged him. And I knew Sagan had been really praying for him for a long time. I remember Ashley calling me at work and saying your husband's at the office with Brad and he just gave his heart to Jesus and I like I think I almost dropped my phone and I was like like is this for real or was like he just telling you know was he just saying this to appease everybody she said no your husband is for real like legit he gave his heart to Jesus this morning at Brad's office the first thing I told him was like, man, you gotta go talk to your wife. I didn't know that they were going through anything. I didn't know that anything substantial was happening. And when I got out of work that day, he showed up in the parking lot. <laughs> he was like, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. And I just, I want you to forgive me. And I am choosing, choosing to follow Jesus. And I was kind of like in shock and like, didn't know what to say. <laughs> I was super excited and I hugged him. My relationship now with, with Ford is just incredible. Coming from where I was before to now, like eyes open. Now that Kyle's been saved, he's a better leadership. When we sit down at the table, he leads a prayer bless our food and now he leads the prayer he's taught Tucker how to pray I pray I pray heavily you know I talk to God have conversations it's just, it helps me uh, he's gotten accountability he's much happier he started working out and has found that to be a good time of worship for him he listens to worship every day he prays he has he reads his Bible daily he's just hundred times different. It's beautiful. It's like I literally it's hard to describe how, how I feel. Like that like I said that before that emptiness is just just filled, overflowing with joy and love. thankful for the changing power of the gospel. Amen. Sagan is now our, the director and coach of our uh, nursery here at Transformation Church, and Kyle is on our security team serving God, and he heads up our scuba diving small group. So God has an ability of changing people's lives. Amen. We appreciate Kyle and Sagan and their transparency. We, we want to just share that story with you today to let you know, wow, if God did it for Kyle, he can do it for you. And I remember meeting Kyle, and he was so agnostic. He, he wanted nothing to do with the gospel, man. He, he wanted nothing to do. Don't talk that church stuff to me. And so we didn't. We just fished. And I'd tell him, you cuss, I'll pray, all right? It's okay. And, uh, and, and we built a relationship. But the power of the gospel, and I just want to close out today with this and tell you, what do I do now, Pastor? What, what if I really want that change in my life? Where do I go from here? Number one, just make the move. Make the move. A choice only that you can make. No one can make it for you. No one can change your life for you. Only Jesus can do that, but he can't do that until you make the move that you say, God, I'm just tired of being tired. I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of the conflict. I'm tired of being empty. And I just need to make a move towards you. 
Number two, once you make that move, let it go. Just let it go. Don't try to run to Jesus and then you still try to fix the stuff. Just let it go. He loves you right where you are. He's not waiting for you to get good enough, clean enough, and fixed enough that you can come to him. He just wants to receive you right where you are today. He just wants you to let it go. Let, let, let that struggle go. Let that addiction go. Let that offense go. Let, let that, that deal, that situation in your life that's made you feel unqualified for God, let it go today. He just wants you to come to him just like you are. Let that stuff go. And then last of all, just commit your life to him. Just commit your life. It's that simple. It's not that complicated. Just come to Jesus and let it go and let go of control and quit trying to fix it yourself because you can't. I can't. But he can. And he just wants you to commit your life to him. And if you do that today, he'll change your life. I promise you, he'll change your life. And here's what I'm going to challenge you. We're, we're going to take you throughout the next three weeks. Today, we're dealing with the path of change. Next week, we're going to talk to you on the path of freedom, how to walk in that freedom, how to find that freedom. And, and then the third week, we're going to talk to you about the path of discovering your purpose and, and then make a difference. And I promise you, if you'll just give us an opportunity for these next three weeks, I promise you, God will bring a change in your life. You'll look back and go, that was the greatest four weeks of my life. I promise you that in Jesus' name. If you just give him that chance. But today's today. We say, Father, I need a change in my life. I'm tired of being tired. I'm not a bad person. I'm just not in a good place spiritually. And I realize that I need to make a change. I need to make a choice today. And I'm going to ask you to help me with that change in my life. So would you bow your heads with me across this building on the floor and in the balcony? And I'm just going to ask you a question today. Are you here today and your life's not where you want it to be? Things are not where you need to be spiritually and you're trying so desperately and you're wore out and you're tired trying to fix it yourself because we've all been there. And today I just want to bring this simple message to you today that Jesus, he wants to bring hope, wants to bring change to you. If you're here right now and because there's so many we're talking to, not just one, I'm going to help you pray a prayer today, but I'm not going to ask you to do it in front of anyone. I just want to ask you right now so I can pray for you. If you're here today and you say on this Easter Sunday morning, I don't need to be convinced that Jesus is alive. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here. I know he's alive, but today I realize that he still loves me. And I want change in my life. I need change. I want a new path. I want to start a new journey in him today. If that's you, would you just slip a hand up this morning and you can put it right back down. Hands are going up all over the building, in the balcony, on the main floor. Hands are going up. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray a prayer with you. Any more? Any more hands? You're just showing God. It's not about me. It's about God seeing, Father, I'm ready for change in my life. I'm ready for change. I just need direction. I just need a new journey, a new path. You'll accept me just like I am. I'm going to lead a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to just pray this prayer with me. And we're going to join you as a church so you don't feel alone. Say, dear Jesus. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. 
and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me. About 20 hands were raised here this morning.